Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the art of being you. Today, we are talking about money. And if I had one of those cool radio boards, I'd play that song, money, 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 money. But I'm just forcing you to listen to my ridiculous singing voice. Um, Side note, the other day I was singing my daughter a lullaby and uh, I was going for it, man. And I love to sing in ridiculous ways. It's just one of the blessings of my life, I guess. And I was singing at the top of my lungs, totally out of tune. And my husband was videoing me from upstairs. I didn't know it. And he said to me later, my older daughter, my 10 year old daughter leaned over to him and said, it's the weirdest thing, dad. When mom sings at church, it sounds so good. But when she sings at home, she's terrible. (laughs) And you guys got to just get a little taste of that terrible singing voice. Okay, so let's dive into what we're talking about today. We're talking about abundance in our finances, having a healthy God perspective on money. This has been one of the journeys of my whole life, and I love where I'm at, and I cannot wait to get to where God is taking me in my personal mentality with finances. And I know this is something that we really need to look at uh, just as the body of Christ, because I believe that God wants to raise up men and women who are carriers of wealth and can do that well. I don't know that that's a calling for everybody, but I do think that we are being asked of God in this season to come out from ungodly thoughts about our finances. And I want to just kind of help you with some practical things about that. The first thing I want to share with you guys is this mentality that has been really shaping for me, and it's the idea that God provides in two ways. He provides bread and he provides seed. So what this means is when you have money coming into you, your actual paycheck and other money you might have coming in, in that paycheck, there are two things, bread and seed. The bread is what you eat. It's what you live on. It's the part of the money that goes to pay your bills, to pay for your food, all that kind of stuff. And the seed portion of your paycheck is what God is giving you to invest into others. This looks like your tithe. This looks like giving when you see someone that has a need and you give to that need. It's all a part of the seed. So I really want to encourage you to begin, if you've never thought about it like this before, begin to evaluate your personal finances through this lens. What has God brought into your hand that's bread? And what has he brought into your hand that's seed? One of the things that happens is we eat our seed way too often. In other words, we don't realize God is bringing money into our lives to give to others and we end up spending it on ourselves. And so we end up not being able to advance the kingdom in a way that God wants us to. Why does that matter? Well, I believe each and every one of us is given an opportunity to help advance the kingdom, even if it looks like $10 a month, even if it looks like you know, $10,000 a month. All of us have been given seed by God to help propel the gospel of Jesus Christ to move forward. If we're not partnering with God in that way, we're not really achieving the fullness of what he has for us. But in the same way, not every dollar that comes into your hand is supposed to be given away. 
definitely you've got to live, right? Matthew 6, God talks about uh, not worrying about things. He talks about like the birds of the air. They have enough food to eat. He talks about the lilies of the field. They've got clothes on them, essentially. And he says, how much more is God going to provide for you? God does provide for us. I'm not saying that he treats us like we're on welfare. I'm not saying that he just gives us a check and we don't have to work for it. But he allows us to have bread, right? He gives us bread in the form of our paychecks that we can take care of our needs. So to get started, if you've never considered an abundance mentality in your finances before, I really want to encourage you to start with this. What is bread and what is seed? You might need to begin by asking God, Lord, in this paycheck, how much are you wanting me to give away? Different times in our life, we've given different amounts. Sometimes we've given 10%, 20%, 30% of our paycheck. Some of it's been seasonal. And pretty much every year, my husband and I sit down with the Holy Spirit. We spend about a week praying over our finances and coming up with new goals that we're working towards financially. And the reason why we do that is because we wholeheartedly believe not only is God going to bring us abundance in the bread, but he's going to bring us abundance in the seed. And if we're not paying attention, again, we end up eating the seed and we don't have anything planted in tomorrow for us to reap a harvest from. But when we talk about advancing our finances or, or changing our perspective, a lot of times people get a little bit weird. A lot of us have this belief that money is evil and I just want to encourage you, money is not evil and it's also not good. It just is. It doesn't have any sort of like inherent meaning. It doesn't have inherent value besides the inflation rate at the moment. Money doesn't exist in heaven. Finances were created as a system on the earth to do a couple of things, to help us interact with other people, but also to expose where our heart actually is. Jesus says it this way, where your treasure is, you can probably finish the sentence, there your heart will be also. Money is not evil in and of itself. And if you have money, you are not evil. What happens is the money becomes a multiplier or an amplifier of who you already are. So if you are a generous person, when you have more money, you're going to be more generous. If you are a stingy person, a greedy person, a prideful person, when you have more money, you're going to see that on a grander scale. It's not just because you had more money. It's because of who you actually are. So a lot of us are afraid of having more money come in. We're afraid that we're going to not steward it well. We're afraid that we're going to live above our means. We get afraid. And I really want to challenge you, deal with that fear. Here's a scripture that has really, really blessed my life. Proverbs 10, verse 22. It says, The blessing of the Lord brings true riches, and he adds no sorrow to it, for it comes as a blessing from God. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord brings riches, and he adds no sorrow to it. Do you know any wealthy people in your life who have a lot of sorrow? I do. I, I've been blessed to have a number of friends over the course of my life, family friends as well, that that have an abundance of finances in their life. And some of those people have miserable personal lives. Do you know why? I, I'm going to go on a limb here and, and say something that might be controversial, but a lot of them actually earned their money outside of the blessing of God. They, they earned their money. They, they had great jobs or whatever that provided extensively, but it wasn't God that brought the blessing to them. 
I think the reason why we look and say that money is a problem, that we shouldn't want money, we look at people who have money and we see their troubles and we're like, oh, I don't want that, that, that age old phrase, mo money, mo problems. And we were like, yeah, right. We want to walk away. We don't, we just don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. But the truth is that when God brings abundance, he adds no sorrow to it. So who is adding the sorrow? Where is the sorrow coming from? Well, I think there's two great enemies to the abundance mentality in finance. The first one is the spirit of poverty, and the second one is the spirit of mammon. It's possible that poverty falls under mammon, um, but we're going to separate them just for, for this podcast today. I want you to understand something. Mammon is a principality. In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus makes this statement, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Now, your translation may have translated mammon into the word money, but that was an inaccurate translation. In the original Greek, I mean, excuse me, the original Aramaic text, it is translated mammon, not money. Mammon is not money. Mammon is a principality, a ruling spirit that drives ungodly money. Mammon is not a possessing spirit. So there are other demonic things that possess us or they try to possess us. They attach to us. They want to get like inside of us. Mammon and other principalities, they don't work like that. They are like, um, think about it like a satellite projecting thoughts. And they're like, or maybe a better way to say it is they're like mind control spirits. They're trying to get you to think a certain way and you will automatically live contrary to God's word and his way just because that's how you think. That's what the principalities do. When we come out from under their influence, we do that by renewing our mind and changing the frequency. So we're no longer listening to mammon, for example, we're listening to Jesus. All of us have to evaluate who we're listening to because who we're listening to is ultimately who we're serving. The spirit of mammon uh, does a couple of things, but the primary thing mammon does is it wants to get our identity rooted in the things of this world. Mammon wants your identity rooted in what your bank account says. If you've ever felt like you were not stable or secure because your bank account fell below a certain number, you've probably experienced the influence of mammon in your life. Now, I know some of you guys might be like, well, that was harsh. But I want you to think about it like this. There is absolutely godly wisdom in savings accounts and emergency funds and things like that. There's a lot of godly wisdom in it. But when that becomes our security, we've now moved out of the realm of understanding God as our provider. Before we go any further with mammon and the poverty spirit, let me just identify what it looks like to have abundance in your thinking related to money. The first one is this. Everything is God's. God is the creator. People who live in an abundance mentality related to finances, this is what they think. They see the money in their bank account as belonging to God. It's just parked in their hands. They don't spend it flippantly without consulting the Holy Spirit. When you have an abundance financial mentality, you're asking the Holy Spirit about all the details of your budget. What kind of house should you be living in? What kind of car are you supposed to be driving? What should you be spending your money on? It's like, it would be something like this. Well, you might want Hulu Live, right? You might want it because it makes sense to you. But is that what God is saying for your financing? Maybe God is saying, look, no, I want you to be on the regular Hulu, for example. Terrible example, I know, but just go with me. When we ask God and we get his opinion on the different parts of our finances, then we are actually walking in abundance because we understand everything we have is God's. 
God will again give us some of it as bread, but he will absolutely require some of it as seed. So abundance people, we're thinking about God. Everything is God. We are thinking about provision, great provision. I don't necessarily subscribe to prosperity doctrine. In fact, I think it's a load of crap in terms of, you know, you can sew a hundred dollar check and reap a Maserati or something like that. Like this, this thing that we, we give and we get something back in return. That's just manipulation, just in a spiritual sense. But it is absolutely true that what we sow, we will reap. And if we sow in generosity, we reap in generosity. That's just how it works. But the motivation has to be generosity. The motivation can't be that I'm giving it, hoping I'll get something back. God sees through all of that. Prosperity in the mind of a believer, in the life of a believer, looks like you having enough provision for the vision that God has given you that you have enough resource to do the assignment that's on your life and bless those around you. So if your assignment is to be a teacher at a school, your provision is going to look similar to that, right? It's probably not going to be millions of dollars in the bank unless some other you know, unforeseen thing happened. And that's okay. That's good. That is abundance in your life. If God has called you to be a a minister to people and he's put you in a sphere of like really wealthy people, well, we shouldn't be surprised that God's going to bring abundance of finances so that you can actually minister to those people. You can actually be seen as a peer to them. I know a lot of really amazing um, people, professional people, physicians and lawyers and, and people who make a lot of money. And God has positioned them there with hearts of gold to impact their sphere and they can hang with people who are entrenched in the world and it, it, because they're, they've, they've been given provision for that. Does that make sense? So when we're looking at everybody, we're looking at abundance in proportion to the provision and the assignment that's on your life, not necessarily saying everybody is supposed to have this or that. People with abundance mentality, they work really hard, but they work in tandem with the Holy Spirit. They're not working to get affirmation from God. They're not working to prove themselves to the world. They're working with God, doing an assignment that's on their life. People with an abundance mentality, they are inherently generous. They just are. They understand that God is a generous God, and they step into that characteristic in how they live their life. Look, I I need to tell you something. God does not want you poor. He does not want you living below your means all of the time. He does not want you behind on your mortgage payments. He might ask you to move. He might ask you to get your budget more in line with, with the assignment that's on your life. But he doesn't want you to be poor. In the same way, I don't know that God necessarily cares if you're rich by someone's personal standard of rich. This is what we're saying. We have to get honest about having enough resources to do the assignment that's on your life and bless those around you. You are always given bread and seed, always. What is the seed that God is giving to you? Do you even know what it is? The last thing that people with an abundance mentality do is they actually pray about all of their financial decisions. They revisit their budget with the Holy Spirit. Again, they're praying about what kind of car payment, if they're having a car payment. Or a lot of times people with abundance mentality are totally debt-free. And this is just the way that they live their lives. So on the other side of the scale... We've got mammon and we've got things like the poverty spirit. Again, I I said to you earlier that mammon is focused on getting your identity to be wrapped up in what you have. Mammon is hyper-focused about status connected to money. 
you and I, we all know people who are operating under the spirit of mammon. They're, they are, are actually, it doesn't matter if they're rich or poor. Mammon for believers, I believe a lot of times mammon for Christians is going after people to try to keep them to believe they should be poor. And for the world, mammon is trying to convince them that they should be rich. He works out of both sides of his mouth. I think it's so important for us to understand that if we are feeling afraid of money, if we're feeling afraid of what money will do to us, that's probably a little bit of mammon. If we're afraid of, of, you know, what would happen in our lives if God began to bless us more and more financially specifically, uh, or increase our finances, then I think that that's, that's, that fear comes from mammon. In the same way, when you feel like your identity is falling apart when you don't have enough money in your bank account, that's mammon. The poverty spirit, on the other hand, is really focused on lack. The poverty spirit can only see what's missing. The poverty spirit is always thinking about what it doesn't have. The abundance mentality is focusing on what it does have, what God is providing, where God is taking you, and it's not so focused on what's missing. It's aware, right? The abundance mentality is aware of what's missing, but it's not feeling held back by that. In the poverty mentality, we're on the other side of the scale. We can't even begin to imagine abundance because we never feel like we even have enough right now. Have you ever had the thought that you can't afford to give? You can't afford to give. I can't afford to give. I, I'm, I'm, well, that's not abundance mentality. Now, there are seasons of life where we're upside down, where we're in debt or whatever, and we're trying to work it out, but I really want to challenge you. Pray about a strategy because usually the strategy is not that you don't give at all. We really need to be good about focusing on being giver, givers no matter what's going on in our life. Even if all you can give is 5 or $10, give that $10 to the glory of God. It's a spiritual principle in your own life. Again, money is an amplifier. It's not good or evil. So I think hopefully what you're hearing through all of this is that if you're going to walk in an abundance mentality with your finances, you're going to focus on Jesus with every aspect of your life. God is a great money manager. He really is. He knows what's coming in your life. He knows what things you need to pay for. And he is great about instructing you to be wise about that. But we have to follow him in that journey. We have to open ourselves up to that. I want to just say another note about mammon. And if you're interested in this kind of stuff, I highly, highly, highly recommend this book called How Heaven Invades Your Finances by a guy named Jim Baker. Not the Jim Baker of TBN days past. This is a younger guy uh, from Ohio, not related. You can buy his book on Amazon, How Heaven Invades Your Finances. And it is an unbelievable book, a deep dive into all the scriptures about money in the Bible. But it's an easy read, a fun read filled with incredible testimonies as well. We actually loved this book so much we bought Bought a ton of copies and sold them at half price to our church because we wanted as many people to read this uh, as possible. It's such a good book, and he really identifies mammon really, really well. I highly encourage you to get it. Again, How Heaven Invades Your Finances. But one of the things that I've been doing over the last couple of years is telling myself this little mantra of sorts. It's just money. That's what I'll tell myself. It's just money. Every year, Grant and I, we pray, we talk, and we, we get a, a handle on our budget for the year. We live in a commission-based world. So, you know, we never know how much money we're going to make on a given year. And so what's been helpful for us is to identify a goal. We want to give X amount of dollars this year. And so I'll check in with that goal every couple months. How are we doing? Are we saving aside for that? You know, sometimes we don't even know what we're giving to. We're just accruing the money, waiting to give it. 
Why? Because our heart is to be generous. First of all, that's who we are, but that's who God is. And we know that he is providing generously towards us. And we know that a large portion of what he's providing is seed to give to other people because we've prayed about it, because we have a word from him about it, because we have confidence in what he's calling us to. And so we we set that aside. We spend time um, focused in prayer in that. But even then, I'll have moments where I can see mammon rearing its ugly little head. I'll have moments where that money is accruing and I start to think, oh, it would be nice if we did this. Oh, what if we did this instead? Oh, right. That's mammon. That's mammon. When I have given large amounts of money and I watch that number drop in my bank account, if my heart begins to sink a little bit, man, that's mammon. Why? Because my security is not found in what's in the bank account. Look, tomorrow the government could seize all money and just suck it out of your bank accounts. If you don't believe that's possible, it happened. I believe it was Brazil in the 80s. It happened. They siphoned 80% of all the money in every bank account to the government. It was crazy. So I'm sitting here going, look, tomorrow, who even knows what's going to happen? I don't want to live as though I cannot function without a certain dollar amount in my bank account. I don't want to live like that. Now, if the government siphons it, I might have to move houses. I might have to make some changes, but ultimately my security is found in God. Do you understand what I'm saying? When mammon begins to rear its little head, my job is to rebuke it and renew my mind to come out of agreement with that way of thinking. Jesus said it best. You can't serve both. I can't be living in abundance mentality with God and also focusing on what mammon wants me to think and do. You got to make a choice. Do you want to be walking in abundance with God? Well, you might have to renew the way you think about it. You might have to take some risks. And I think those risks are worth taking. I want to encourage you. God wants you to have more than enough. I don't know what enough is by your standards, but he wants you to have more than enough. He wants to provide for you. Nobody provides for you better than God. But the best way you can do that is make sure that you have ordered your financial world according to his word. And when we do that, we begin to open up a flow of provision. The provision of God doesn't come while we're sitting on the couch. We have to give him a runway to land the plane of provision on. We have to actually be out there doing something. We can't just sit around hoping for checks in the mail every day of our life. There might be seasons when God does that because he's teaching you about faith, but that's a lesson, right? And when you've learned the lesson, guess what? He's going to teach you a new lesson about working hard. So I really, really want to encourage you, no matter where you're at in your journey with Jesus, begin to ask yourself the question, just start with this, what in my paycheck is bread and what is seed? And if this strikes a chord in you, grab the book and also allow the Holy Spirit to take you on a journey a journey of greater insight into the abundance of God. I hope this was helpful for you. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.